This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. out of this world as Neil Strong arms the Huns at Ibrox. Brexit halted as we will definitely be in Europe after October 31st and can we sneak one or two more deals through as the transfer window begins to slam shut. All this and more on this episode of 20 Minute Tims. Hello and welcome to this episode of 20 Minute Tims. It is episode 189 and I am joined this week by Stephen who's yes. been trying to stifle a laugh every single time we've tried this. Now you can let it out. Take four. Yes, I'm laughing at the intro every single time. And do you know what? I'm just happy. You're I'm just, just happy. Just ha- it's a happy. We'll get into it. Yep, yeah, but it's a joyous pod. 
And I'm joined by Martin Melly. Yes, in the words of Stevie G, let's go. <laughs> um, let, let's go, let's go right into it. There is one game that everyone wants to talk about. There's one game the whole country's talking about. And there's one game that we should be talking about, Stephen. It is Celtic 2, the Manky Huns 0. <laughs> we beat Rangers at Ibrox when no one, including me, particularly thought we might. And I just want to start off this podcast with an apology. I apologise to Neil Lennon. Neil yeah, Francis right, Lennon. Right. I apologise to Neil Lennon because I was a Lennon fan. And then the hype they were putting, oh, putting thoughts in my head. The press were putting the thoughts in my head. That Cluj game put thoughts in my head and I I thought I I doubted them. And I just want to say I'm big enough now to say I should never have doubted you. You know exactly what you're doing. Bring on Lenny Ball. Well... (laughs) The close game wasn't an illusion. It definitely did happen. It did in definitely fairness, happen. Yeah. It didn't sneak in there by accident. It definitely, it was worth, worthy of consideration right. on your opinion. However, if it's going to be, if we're going to be issuing humble apologies, then, then fair enough. It's I mean, I said I would take a draw before the game. Yeah. Ridiculous. No, I hold my hands up as well. I, um, uh, our kind patrons will be aware that we recorded for the game we did a match companion for Patreon great um, fun yeah it, it sure yeah. was and people will have heard that it was a quite a quite a special occasion our longest ever match companion it has to be said Just, our most you, you action say, packed you say match what is that for someone who doesn't know Stephen well, what is the match companion what we do is we sit down it's like it's almost like watching the game with us so we yeah. sit down before the game we give our tentative pre-match thoughts we reconvene at half time give our, our sort of slightly more optimistic thoughts yeah. and then we come back at Full time for all out revelry. An instant reaction. Yeah, instant reaction, and that rolls out straight after the game. And you can find that as well as all the other terrific stuff at patreon.com forward slash 20 minute times. However, we did do one of those yesterday, and I went into it thinking, mm, I, don't, I don't know if I fancy this one. I don't know if it was, I don't really pay attention to the media side of things. I, I, I've, I've kind of. The SMM, the SMSM. Yeah, yes, I've kind of del- developed a bit of a sort of. Teflon of that I don't, I don't really let it sink in but what I did say and I've been saying it on this podcast for years as well that I've always got a wee bit of nerves about this game against Rangers yeah. in whatever incarnation they, they turn up in because it, I've just it's a it's a hardwired hardwired childhood trauma of these <laughs> games that I, that I grew up with um, some with reason some without I felt going into this game that Celtic felt unprepared and, and Rangers looked in a better position. It turns out it was complete nonsense, yeah. but I just, it, I, I did turn up to that game not resigned to defeat at all. No, that, that wasn't the case. I never think we're going to lose, but I was a wee bit shaky going in. I just want to say something on the SMSM, the Scottish mainstream media. Mainstream is one word. <laughs> <laughs> Melly, how, how were your thoughts about the game? Uh, obviously I was worried about it we were going into this we seemed to be defence wasn't ready we didn't know who was going to make it turned out I didn't make it it was going to be as I said yesterday a patchwork Celtic team yeah. going to Ibrox after a summer of upheaval the Cluj game just added to that because we haven't didn't bring in the players in time it just all looked like things were building towards what felt like the inevitable Yeah, but we forget sometimes we are the champions. We are the champions. I Eight thought you were going to bust any song there. <laughs> uh, not quite. We've got a manager in Neil Lennon who's a better manager than Stephen Gerrard. We've got better players than Rangers. But... You can't buy that kind of experience, really, can you? Stephen Gerrard is wet behind the ears, as they say in management. Uh, he's a wee tadger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's much like tadgers are wet behind the ears. That's a brilliant segue. <laughs> 
and we've got better players. But yeah. what happened was we did start to believe the hype that, that doubt creeps into your mind because of what I've just said, all that happened. But saying that, when the lineups came out, I was quite calm yesterday. You yeah, two you were, were yeah. absolute murder. <laughs> I, watched I, the game. I, I think what I said was bricking it, and, yeah, I think, yes. and I was truly bricking it. When we were watching the game together for the match companion, Melly was like the the adult of the the group. The two of us yeah. were like, like unruly kids. Stevie like, was all. doing his solo karma sutra on the couch. <laughs> and he couldn't find a position. Your feet were bashing off. I was like, boys, simmer down. We've got this. We were like a basket of cats. <laughs> Melly, just... Melly, the cool head in the room. I was the Odson Edward of the group. Indeed, yeah. But uh, I just felt when the lineups came out, Steven Gerrard absolutely blew it. Yeah. He absolutely shat it. <laughs> but it's the second time I would accuse Steven Gerrard of getting it wrong in games against Celtic. Now, that's not to say he's not done well against Celtic in the past. He's got two wins against Celtic in fairly recent memory. But it's the second time I've looked at a Rangers lineup and thought, you've missed a trick here. Yeah. The first time was in the game at Celtic Park, almost a year ago to the day when Cham scored the winner where he put Lafferty on Lustig when he yeah, had yeah. Ryan Kent available on the other side. I thought, that's a ridiculous decision. Surely he's primed for running at Lustig. thought he got that completely wrong, completely overlooked a major strength. And I thought he did that again yesterday. I thought yep. he packed the midfield far too much and sacrificed any notion of width in order to just get more and more. He, he couldn't. I think it was just a, a lack of decision from him he just couldn't decide what his best midfield was so chucked everything at it but bad management yeah B- bad yeah. management he overthought it he, he was overconfident in mm. the ability of his own players he didn't for a minute consider Celtic's danger men I don't think he thought well I'm going to turn here I'm going to impose my game on Celtic he said in his post-match comments that you know we don't consider ourselves underdogs or favourites we just turn up and prepare for a game of football that I think that's nonsense I thought he would turn up here and, and pull out a a just man- saying stuff ah, he? he's, just, yeah. he's hashtag just saying stuff turned up and he thought he could pull a wee managerial slight of hand on Neil Lennon but unfortunately Neil Lennon the man who doesn't do stats apparently and is not the tactician dinosaur mate a, an absolute dinosaur he had his team organised well drilled fit energetic and as you said Melly that back four what is it we've been saying all season about Neil Lennon can build a team out of bric-a-brac and once again he's got the bare bones of a back four and he finds a way to make it work yep he finds a way to win now that back four we didn't know if El Hamid would make it luckily he did with no ayah which was a massive blow but in the end we didn't miss him no obviously you'd love to have him there we had a uh, Bauer on the bench possibly making his debut. We just didn't know who was going to be fit, who was going to be ready. There was talk of Greg Taylor coming in, he'd go straight in at left back, but he, he can't do that. So when I seen the lineup I thought, that's mental. If if the shoe or if the brown brogue was on the other foot <laughs> and I was a Rangers fan and I didn't show and stuff, I'd want Celtic's fullbacks are a guy that's just passed a fitness test and bowling goalie who's been absolutely slated from pillar to post. What what would my tactic be? Get at this defence at every yes, single yeah. opportunity. But he didn't do that. He had Tavernier at right back going down the right hand side. I need no width in the left because Flanagan doesn't get forward at all. And it just made it congested in midfield. They try to play the five midfielders, dominate in there and slide through balls to the full, but it didn't work. Julian just, and Beaton done a great job marshalling him. Just a word on El Hamid, put something up on Instagram. Still had the fracture. Oh. Hadn't trained for 10 days prior to the game. 
rocks up to Ibrox and put in an absolute shift. Warrior. Absolute an absolute warrior. warrior. Well, just on the fullbacks, look, what has been the perception of these guys so far, as you merely said? Look, this guy, he came in and the first thing anyone said was, never a right back. Never yep. a right back in a million years. He's a centre half. He's only played five games at right back in his career and all that sort of stuff. No chance. Bowling golly, absolutely terrible. Can't pass the ball forwards. Can't attack. Can't defend anything. And he didn't attack either one of them. I'd say, just going back to what we said, about no wingers. No wingers in the team whatsoever. So he obviously just bottled it. I just yeah. stuck a load of midfielders in. The midfield, on paper, looks strong. But yeah. only in terms of numbers and in terms of like battling and things like that. Glenn Kamara had a good game against Scott Brown the last game when yeah. Celtic just failed to turn up. Fair enough. But I thought they looked slow and ponderous. There was a couple of moments where Glenn Kamara got into just a straight chase with Scott Brown and Scott Brown won both of them and there's not really any excuse for that for right. this guy whose legs have gone he's 34 and all that and Glenn Kamara's this, this young buck and all that and he's getting outrun by Scott Brown. I thought... I thought Rangers, far be it from Celtic, were the, the underprepared team. I saw a couple of things today, as you do, or Rangers didn't turn up, and I, I, I'm no buying that. Allow me one swear. Yes. Bullshit. <laughs> the, the, uh, Rangers did turn up, but they couldn't because Celtic also turned yeah. up. And you, you touched on something, the Scott Brown. Rangers have had good luck in midfield in the last couple of uh, Glasgow derbies, right? Because Scott Brown hasn't been on it. Yeah. See, when yeah. Scott Brown is on it, Rangers midfield don't stand a chance. Yeah, yep. all bets are off. Aye, all bets are off, as you say. We've spoken about how Stevie Gerrard made an absolute mess of it, but at the same time, Neil Lennon got it absolutely spot on. As soon as we seen their lineup come out, we spoke about it on the Match Companion. That's ideal. As long as our Brown and McGregor just sit in front of that defence and plug all the gaps, yep. which they did unbelievably. Mm. The dirty work the two of them put in was unbelievable. All we have to do is get the ball wide quickly and get Christie supporting that and Edward get them support support to them. And that's what we've done because there's space time and time again. You think we're playing five midfielders, Stephen Gerrard would have maybe had Ryan Jack sitting over on the right-hand side a bit more just to protect Tavernier going forward. But they didn't. They, mm. It's always, always going to be where Celtic exploit Rangers. And that is where Odds and Edward... Celtic's best player, by the way, drifts over, but they didn't make, they didn't do anything to try and negate that. Yeah, and they paid the price for it because look where the goal comes from, down the left hand side, a ball slipped inside the left back and centre half position, and who's there? It's just attack. Who's always there? Masterclass yeah. by the dinosauric one, <laughs> <Right>. the ginger <laughs> Guardiola. <laughs> Neil Lennon obviously went with a game plan um, yep. for this game, and when he when the ball. When the game kicked off and he launched the ball into Rangers half, sort of symbolically saying, well, "Come on then, we're not going to, we're not Brendan Rodgers, we're not going to just keep this ball, we're going to make you come to us. Let's see what you've got." That's something small, but it's quite significant because you spoke about it all the time, Stephen. See that first five minutes yeah. when we keep the ball in our half and allow them to press us and run on us and give their crowd something if they just get a tackle if one of our players puts the ball into touch for their first time pass it gets their crowd going yeah, but that's what we said minimal yesterday. amount of Celtic fans there today yeah. That, yeah. get through the first five minutes without giving them that 50-50 to win without putting the ball out of the park without giving them anything and I was just looking at the clock ticking it out and that was 10 5, 10, 15, we got through that without any of that, without any chances given away. And that's the first time we've done that at Ibrox in a lot. Well, yeah. We didn't do it at all last season. And it makes such a difference. You settle in, in, in the game, 
not getting the crowd on our back and getting them behind Rangers. And once we settled into the game, it was scrappy at the start and mm. towards the end of the first half. But seeing that middle bit, we played some good stuff because yeah. we battled as hard, if not harder than them. We showed we wanted it as much. And if we do that, if we just do give the same and a wee bit more than them, we'll always beat them because we've got a better footballing team. We've got better players, better passers. As long as we match their effort and endeavour, we'll beat them. And that's exactly what happened because they had no answers to our midfield play. We're, talk, we're talking a lot about the midfield, but and we touched on it, the back four, but let's just talk about some of the back four performances. Elhamed, touching oh, him, oh. absolute warrior. Bowling goalie. Oh. We thought maybe bowling goalie might have redeemed himself against AIK, but this could be the turning point. I don't want... What I don't want is a bowling goalie roller coaster. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, of uh, oh, brilliant game, poor game, brilliant game, poor yes. game. But I thought bowling goalie was terrific, absolutely fine. A couple of wee moments, like that, that nerve sort of creeps in a wee bit. He's passing the ball out, then out the pitch and all that. Every player in this game, yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, I've since seen it back now. I've seen the game twice, and my perception of the game, as as is to be expected, my perception of the game second time around is completely different to yeah. the first, because as I said, you and I were jumping about squealing in the living room and all that. <laughs> Melly's, <laughs> Melly's trying to watch it, like focus on the game. Uh, but the second time around, it was nowhere near as scrappy as it came across in the first night. Mm. I think I just got um, caught up in the fact that there were a couple of process like a couple of periods where there was a lot of tackling so it'd be a Rangers tackle then a Celtic tackle then the ball would break a wee bit and then there's another tackle and everyone's lunging into tackles and I basically just projected that over the entire 90 <laughs> minutes right, in my panic but bowling goalie is a good example I watched him back and he, he was good I don't think he was anywhere near the man of the match that's been suggested I think that's one of those new player biases yeah. right because I think we had better performers on the night however it was good the only moment um, that anyone could really criticise him for was was a bad one. He passed it all the way back to Defoe, and they it created yeah. a break. Right, it was a poor pass, but other than that, he was he was perfectly fine and played so much better than I would have expected going in. I had some I had some fears going into this game. One of them was bowling goalie. One of them was Scott Brown, and and neither of them were were realised in the game in any any sense at all. We discussed on the tactics board. Um, the podcast that we've done on the Patreon where we sort of look at the sort of tactics and analysis side yeah. of Celtic coverage um, that we thought that bit on, we highlighted that bit on unusually could be the key for Celtic yeah. in this game with his range of passing and how good a passer of ball he is um, if he was to appear in centre-half position. And that's what he did. He appeared at centre-half and comparing the two centre-halves, Celtic centre-half pairing compared to Rangers centre-half, Rangers centre-half pairing, frankly, are awful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think they're a terrible centre-half pairing, but we were... Absolutely terrific. I thought Bitton was sensational and I thought Julianne was absolutely yep. imperious. Now, I know we all want to talk about Julianne, the 20 minutes <laughs> on the match. Put 20 minutes on him alone. Yeah, but let's let us give Nier Bitton the credit he is due for that performance. Yes, firstly, I would like to... Gilly from the History Boys, who was on last week, or the week before, last week in last your week, absence, yeah. Stephen, he said, text me in day and said... Feel free to mention the fact that he got it completely wrong on bowling goalie and he was delighted with his performance. So that's another one. Held his hands up. The holy bowlie done his job. So ruddy, bloody brave, Gilly. Yes. Congratulations. Yeah. But fair play to beat on as well. Solid. And he, it was a worry for him because I think that's probably why, well, apart from Morelos being an absolute head case, <laughs> he probably played the four just to get those wee darting runs in behind probably try to focus on getting him behind Beaton because he's not a natural centre-half. He'll maybe let him go the odd time and would probably be looking to get Defoe in between 
Bowling goalie and Beaton. That's why I guess they played all the centre mids to slide passes yeah. through him. Didn't work in the end, but Beaton, absolutely solid. And having a guy back there, you two are rolling about the couches squealing, <laughs> but he's just so composed <laughs> yeah. on the ball, he'll take it down and play it away. Julian as well, he was absolutely solid in there, won every header. And it's not as if he's just heading these clear. These are clearances, yeah. proper Bobo Baldy headbutt clearances and Beaton just there he calmly passed the ball out as well and when you've got Cal McGregor and Scott Brown in front of you both composed on the ball we were just getting the ball down when they were trying to attack us going through it and just breaking on them every time and as soon as we got it wide there was space in there because Tavernier's bombing on and Edward Forrest didn't get much job it Mikey Johnson had them in toast a lot of the time mm. as well and we just exploited the space time and time again it was just brilliant to watch the whole defence was outstanding Beaton I thought apart from the the passing the ball out of the in composure and, and passing the ball out of defence I thought he defended excellently yeah. as well I thought he did really good defensive work rather than this I mean I've, I'm guilty of it as well I've been worried in the past about how he basically can't defend that's what I've said he can't no I, I don't mean he can't defend, I just mean he sometimes gets positionally caught out and if there's anything aerially to be concerned yeah. with, Beton isn't necessarily the best guy for it usually, but I thought that was all swept aside in this game as well. I thought he put in an excellent centre-halves game, but I don't think there was any worries. He didn't look like a midfielder mm-hmm. who was playing at the back, he didn't look out of place at all. He looked like the perfect foil for for yeah. Julian, he is. He's not your archetypal centre half. You know, no. in many ways, he's. You know, I, I can't remember. I don't think I've ever seen him go to ground, slide tackle. You don't. You know, he's. That's a good point. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I've ever seen him do that. I don't think I've ever seen him no. header. You know, but you know, imagine writing down what Beaton is. A, you know, an agent and get your centre half. Right, can he tackle? Mm, not really. <laughs> is he really good? Is he got great positional and awareness? Oh, he's okay. Does he head the ball? Mm, not really. He's six foot five, but he doesn't head uh, the ball. But, but I'll tell you what he does. He can ping a pass, and he's an intelligent footballer. Like, oh, yeah. Well, um. A lot of talk at the beginning of the transfer window and throughout that, you know, Julian, he didn't make appearances and a lot of people thought, God, maybe he's just not very good. Maybe there was rumours that Neil Lennon didn't rate him and yada, yada, yada. But I think now, no matter what your centre-half pairing is, for me, Julian is the guy. He Julian's there and, and you rotate around there. You play eye if eye fit. If he's no fit, it's Jozo. But the person who's always going to be there now has to be Julian. Yeah, absolutely. And it it, it goes back to that mystifying period of this season where he did drop out of the team altogether and didn't play against Clues when everyone was crying out for looking at this game you think well where were these guys in the Clues game there's no point in dwelling on it just now right because that's that's gone it's over with but everyone said at the time we've got 10 million pound worth of defenders sitting on the bench mm. and everyone was like aye but they might not be very good but not all of a sudden after yesterday like <laughs> That's that's ten million pound worth of talent. It looks like it, it does. Saturday. It does. It puts the close game into perspective yeah. a wee bit. You know, the close game was a, a bit of an aberration when we look at it this season. It's the only game we've failed to win so far. And, and Neil Lennon would admit that, wouldn't he? He yeah. would say Neil Lennon would say, "Look, I made an arse of that. It was a bad half of football. And if Scott Brown didn't handle it, we'd still be in Europe." Yeah, definitely. We had the total momentum there, and if he hadn't done that, it, it would have all turned it differently. But at the same time. If we had got through against Cluj and we had went to Prague and went out during the week instead of going to AIK, imagine we'd went out going into that game with people desperate for transfers to happen, not happening, going out to Prague, then going to Ibrox on a downer. If <laughs> yeah, we'd have lost, yet. it would have been disaster. But after Cluj, we've managed to ra- rally around. Everybody's behind it now. And you can see everybody's together again. 
all it takes is one bad result to sort of derail that. But at the same time, all it takes is one good result. And the results since the Cluj game have been good. The yeah. Dunfermline game was a bit poor. but That it was can, a sort of hangover yeah. result that I think now looking but back. Since then, we've been flying again, just like we were previous to that. Now, the football we're playing is good. We're being effective. We were worried about... The biggest worry going into it was we possibly would concede goals. But yesterday the defence looked brilliant and that again was a patchwork defence yeah. we, we could we could be signing a left back tonight we've already brought in another right back and we have two centre halves that were our first choice at the start of the season were both injured that's a good good squad of defenders we've got now so it's, it's all looking a lot better just with one or two signings and a good result and that result leaves them stewing for two weeks imagine if Again, the brogue was in the other foot. We were stewing on that for two weeks. We would be sitting here. It would be a totally different podcast. We'd be slating Neil Lennon. We'd be slating the players. We'd be slating Peter Lowell. Instead, they're all getting play, praise, apart from Peter Lowell. What's their version of brogues? I feel like there should be an opposite of brogues. Green sure. New Balance trainees. Green <laughs> yeah, uh, New Balance trainees. Eh? Jesus sandals. <laughs> Jesus sandals, okay. Um, so... If the Jesus sandal was on the other, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the defence. Make no mistake about that. It was a patchwork defence. It was something you would look at on paper and think, no experience whatsoever. Even Beaton, yeah, and even Fraser Foster is a hugely experienced player. He's played in numerous derbies and all that, mm-hmm. but not for a long time. He's That's played his, two games this season. Yeah, and it's it's his first trip to Ibrox since two thousand and twelve. And it was a 3 2 game, mm. the one where Cha and Wanyama get sent off. Oh, we the one the league game, we're getting yeah. beat 3 0. Is, is this his, his, his fourth Celtic debut? Uh, I think, yeah, I it's suppose. Two it loans. First player to sign for Celtic four times. Right. Two loan debuts, a, a permanent transfer debut, and now another loan debut. <laughs> <laughs> there can't be many three time loans at Celtic. There can't be many no. of those in the history. I, 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 I don't think yeah. so. And so on the defence as well, everybody had done their job. We were worried about El Hamid. We had. Bauer on the bench we thought he might not see out the full game Yeah, but obviously we didn't need to worry about that 100 minutes by the way yes we'll get on to that but there was a point in the game where Rangers went through and it just looked like they were in and El Hamid manages to do this last ditch tackle and put the ball out for a corner it was absolutely yeah. brilliant defending we were, that was the only time they really get in behind us a, a couple of other times they were off offside but that was the only time they were and on goal, albeit they didn't get the shot away, but that was the only time in the first half you were really, really worried. And apart from that, we sort of sailed through the first half without any, any too many hiccups. Yeah. And we got that lead, boys. And when <laughs> we got that lead, oh. And we certainly did get the lead. It was, who else? But the most important player in our team, probably. Uh, Connor Goldson? No, well, it was Connor <laughs> Goldson who made the nurse of it, wasn't it? But it was uh, Odson Edward. Um, it was a Conor Goldson mistake, wasn't yes. it? He he An passed the ball. One really, yeah. I, yeah, he's he's he is terrible though. He's absolutely terrible. Their defence. I mean, Stephen Gerrard singled out John Flanagan said he was the best player pitch. Now he did keep James Forrest kind of quiet, but if I mean, that's what you're clinging on to, yeah. James Forrest didn't have a particularly great attacking game, but he did he did well defensively. I will come on to the goal in a second, but he did well defensively a number of times. Wasn't hugely involved. That that's absolutely fine. He's not going to be a ten out of ten in every single game. But really, if you're crediting Flanagan with that, and that's yeah. your highlight, I, I think that's fairly desperate. The defence itself, though, Tavernier is a 
is a known quantity. He's a he's a pretty decent player. He's a bit of a handful going forward in its set of pieces, right? That's absolutely yeah. fine. But those centre halves. Conor Goldson has been all right against Celtic in the past. He did well against Edward. Again, we're we're looking back to these games, previous games at Ibrox, and there were a wee bit of a an anomaly. It seems Mikey Johnson some of the yeah, time. That, that's very so. true. But the centre half pairing, and I know they've made a big blockbuster signing in Hellander. No way to be seen, yeah. But Nikola Katic, what age is he, by the way? I don't know. That boy looks like he's seen some shit. <laughs> <laughs> he's early 20s. <laughs> that boy's had some, some go at it, I think. So Goldson comes out and in his wisdom thinks he can pass the ball, which he can't. No. But, but, but surely, just to sorry to interrupt, right, and the last word on Connor Goldson, see when the other team purposely leave you on the ball to pass it? Yeah. Does his brain not go, I must be crap at passing, I'm just going to play this safe? No, every time he thinks, look at all this space I've got, nobody's coming near me. Pulling a Boyata, the yeah. opposition. <laughs> so it was very similar to Boyata, it's just, he gets into that, and he's he's on the ball for that long, he doesn't know what to do, and that's when we press him, and he just gives the ball straight to Mikey Johnson. Mikey Johnson just runs at him, which commits Goldson, then slides that ball in between the sort of centre-half and right-back area. And if there's one man you're picking to be put through clean on goal, cutting in on his right foot, it is ice cool Odson Edward. Oh, what a finish. And there is not much better, see Neil Lennon when at Ibrox is one, but hearing the ball hit the back of the net opposite from where our fans are, because you get that one wee second of... <laughs> and you just delay. hear it clip the bot the back of the bottom of the net. It is absolutely brilliant. Pure delirium. Doesn't miss those. It simply oh, just doesn't no, miss doesn't them. Miss uh, there was a contrast there because when Mikey Johnson picks up the ball, it's as if everything speeds up. Like Mikey Johnson is onto it like an absolute whippet. Yeah. He, he, he's strode forward. Connor Goldson doesn't know what to do because he's dilly dallied on the ball for <laughs> several seconds too long before giving up that pass and then he doesn't know his, what to do he's backpedaling Mikey Johnson is super fast onto it slips the ball through and then time stops yep. because odds on Edwards get the ball and it's fine everyone can just relax we can sit down and stop as Melly keeps putting it squealing rolling about <laughs> on the couch and just wait for this ball to arrive in the net. If, if they were filming this from Odson Edwards' perspective, it'd be, we've seen him on those movies where everything slows down. He gets the ball, <laughs> it just goes... Yeah. And, he, and then he sees, he sees Alan McGregor coming out, and it's almost like he watches McGregor, waits till McGregor makes his move, and then just goes, oh, is that where you're going? Right, yeah. I'll just stick the ball right under the The Celtic TV footage of it, now they do the low cameras yeah. on it, it was very, very good. It, yeah. was, it was very reminiscent to me, that finish of Gary Hooper in the... 3-0 game at Celtic Park you know when he he takes a touch and moves past Davy Weir yes yep, and yep. it must be McGregor that at that time McGregor, as well yeah. the oncoming McGregor and he just sticks it right underneath him yeah, it's, it's very similar McGregor that one but doesn't uh, it kind of does aye it's very similar because it goes under McGregor's body that that, that bobbles yeah. off him this is very similar it goes under his body but it goes it goes through no, nothing but air as they say <laughs> like this. Edward should be given a lot of credit for this as well because it looks like it's a one-on-one, but McGregor does his job pretty well. Yeah. He, he squeezes him down to just a ball-sized hole, and McGregor and Edward just finds it anyway, and under no no apparent pressure, just sticks it away. And as, as I say, he just it doesn't miss them. I can't think of a single chance that, of that nature that he's missed. He's absolutely sensational. I mean, the, we we all we don't give bonus points in this podcast for keeping your players. We've kind of said that you know mm. you don't get credit in the transfer window for not selling anyone. However, m- my perspective on that's kind of changed in recent years. The way Celtic recruit and the fact that our business model relies on that, and the fact that we've got some very very key players. So if the window shuts tonight, as we're recording this, yeah, we're recording this on the day that the window shuts. 
see if we, we uh, not there's no bids for him, but if the window closes and we've still got Odson Edward, I am feeling a million yeah. times better. And yeah. it doesn't look as if he's going anywhere. No, anyway, I'm not concerned about it just now, but I feel that there might be a distant rumble over yeah. there, maybe for January or the most certainly the next yeah. summer window. But I'm not worried about it just now. It doesn't seem to have any smoke around at that one, Odson Edward. But he is one of those ones where you start to think, well, he's too good a player to, to hang on to for too long. So hopefully we get another, certainly this season, and if we're being greedy, another season out Oof. of him. <laughs> I know, Melly's face there. Yeah, but just you shut up. <laughs> so, you know, just appreciate Melly's here. Yeah, appreciate I, I, exactly. So, so half time comes, Celtic have got that all important lead. And, and Stephen Gerrard does in the second half what every single person in the stadium and in the ground thinks he should do and add some width to the team hmm. uh, by taking Kamara off, who. Right, I, I'm going to say this about Kamara, but I think I mean it about every single Rangers player. See the gulf in talent between the rest of the league and Celtic and the rest. Of, I think that's what shows up Rangers players. I think that's where this hype, that's what this hype machine is created on because you're looking at Arfield, you're looking at Jack and you're looking at Kamara in particular and they get a really good reputation. But that's because they're never tested. It's, you know, they're, they're tested against St Mirren and Hibs and Aberdeen and Melly, you said it on the, you know, you said it on the, the match companion, you went, well, Let's let's slow the hype train down a wee bit and actually look at the results Rangers have got. Because when a player like Kamara comes up against Celtic's midfield, when Celtic actually do show up, he has to get hooked at half-time because he's done absolutely nothing. Yeah, well, that's what I said yesterday. You said Rangers are free-scoring, but when you look into it, first game of the season, they won 2-1 away to Kelly. A goal in the last minute from a corner. Fair enough, they scored the first one in open play. Second game, they beat Hibs 6-1. It was 2-1. Up to range, uh, Hibs went down to 10 men, then the floodgates opened, fair enough. And then the last game, 1 0 away, uh, St. Mirren, a free kick. So that they've not been breaking teams down. It's what they struggled with last season and what they're struggling again with again this season. And they didn't do that. How are you going to break a team down with five central midfielders just trying to slip balls through to one guy? Yeah. It doesn't work. The worry was Arfield and Aribo running off, but. The two of them were anonymous because Brown yeah. and McGregor played so well. And Steven Gerrard, he knew he got it wrong at halftime. He had to make the switch. And when he did make the switch, again, you just think, well, that's them taking out a central midfielder, which means more space for Celtic, which means get the balls wide to Johnson and Forrest and we'll get even more joy in the second half. Celtic are their own worst enemy at times and they're guilty here of making these players look better than they are. They've added to the hype around these players. I came away from the last game at Ibrox thinking, well, Glenn Kamara looks a player yeah. because we allowed them to, to yeah. look good but simply not turning up and really not giving a very good account of ourselves the last time. And it's the same with the likes of Arfield, like that guy score. In, yeah, the, in the last yeah, game yeah. as well and it's uh, looking back you think oh, well, that, was, that was a regrettable uh, period I know it didn't amount to anything but really what's, it's what's led to this this rolling hype around them it felt to me this game very much like the 3-2 game at Ibrox a couple yeah. of seasons ago where they were absolutely like, bursting to get into the game full of confidence this is the one this is the one we're going to snatch the league away we're going to going to climb back into it and, we're go- and they did nothing it did nothing you'll in this game. Nothing, yeah, you, you'll do nothing. But it, there was nothing from them in this game that impressed me at all. Yeah, I was a wee bit jittery before it and during the game, but that nothing. What's new? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, it, that is no reflection on the game itself. 
I, I, I was, wasn't impressed with him at all. Morelos came on, and I do acknowledge that he's not as bad as people make out. He's certainly not as good as they make out either. <laughs> he is an, no. he's an all right player, but he came on and embarrassed himself yeah. w- once again. Not even in the same league as, no. as, as Edward. No, 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 no. I mean, people are desperate for this false no, equivalent. No. Not even in the same league. See, when he's bearing down on goal with his first chance and he balloons it yeah. right into the stand. And what, what what's good to me is the Celtic players are, are bamming this guy up. The min- yeah. like, as soon as he missed that, Fraser Foster, who's never met Morelos in his life, <laughs> is going, you missed by how much? You know, and he's because he's, they all know, they yeah. all know he's a headcase. People are walking by him going, who cuts your hair, mate? Or did you come here, <laughs> did you come here halfway through a haircut? <laughs> it, it, you know, so they know what to do to Morelos. They know how to manage him. The Celtic management team, doesn't matter if it's Brendan Rodgers or if it's Neil Lennon, he's a very, very easy player to contain. Yeah, yeah he, he does his job. But as soon as he came on, you can see why he is their number one striker because he did turn us quite a few times and causes problems. But he's a physical handful. Yeah, he does roll, he does a, roll yeah. defenders well. He done it. He done it quite well. But at the end of the day, that is your biggest game of the season, and you can't afford to play this guy because you know he's going to get sent off. So there's no point having him. No, because you can't rely on that. So the, going forward, they will need to sell him. But the longer they keep him, good. But uh, I thought the defence one. There was one or two times where El Hamid he rolled him or El Hamid went over to him, just get too close to him and he'd go down and get an easy foul. Yeah. That was what we said yesterday as well. When we seen Rangers line up, there's nobody in that starting lineup that'll run at a player. The worry for us was somebody running at like last season Ryan Kent got the ball off Mikey Johnson, ran at him, Johnson clipped him and uh, Tavenier scored that free kick in the first couple of minutes. We didn't give any silly fouls away because no. there was nobody taking us taking us on now into the second half. They brought on Jones after Morelos and they brought on Ojo at half time, which meant they got wide and they got down at the byline and they got a couple of, a lot of corners out it. That is what they didn't have in the first half. They were starting to create chances, but they didn't make any clear cut chances. No. They just had all these crosses from corners and it was utterly pointless because we could have nobody in our box apart from Julian and he still won every single <laughs> corner. The guy was just yeah. eating them up like absolute. As as Rangers changed their shape, Celtic changed their shape to adjust and we brought on Olivier and Cham. Oh, who, a masterclass. Uh, yeah. who, I thought it took him a couple of minutes to get into the game, but see once he figured out the tempo, see once he got into the game, as you say, Melly, masterclass. Stephen, pulling the strings yeah. in that wee space between Rangers midfield and defence, the one that they sacrificed. And we went, okay, we'll take that. If you're leaving that up, we'll Aye. have it. Brilliant. Uh, Lovely an, stuff. An injection of real quality into a game that... At times, you thought at one 0 that thought you thought it's quite scrappy. It's a wee bit scrappy. It could go either way. All it takes is a wee break here and there. Someone to lose their nerve and, and they're in again. Uh, we've seen it before, but an injection of that level of quality in a game just it just oh. took it, just snatched it right out of Rangers' <laughs> grasp. Some of the passes, some of the wee intricate passes he was playing, and we're not talking about Beaton or even Julian level passing where it's maybe raking balls out to the wings. Yeah. It's tiny wee intricate passes in between two players and suddenly McGregor's away or Christie's away. A lovely wee one-two that bought and Cham uh, a chance at the end of it and he just sort of slapped it straight at McGregor. But even still, it was the best, arguably the best football Celtic played was when Cham was on, on the pitch and injecting that wee bit of wee bit of legs and, and quality out of the game. Yeah, just allowed us, he just sat in that space that yeah. Rangers had left and it just meant he was always free. And when he was up, he just gets it on the turn and he can just slide in Edward every time. Yeah. And time after time, it didn't work out sometimes, but 
you could just see we're going to get through and it's going to be between that right back and centre half position yeah. time and time again because they were just throwing players forward they left so much space open they were chasing the game and just played right into <laughs> our hands it was absolutely <laughs> glorious and Rangers substitutions didn't well one of them had done something in the game but ultimately it was just thuggish but Celtic substitutions all contributed yeah. to the game and all made a difference with a uh, Bauer having to come on because we lost Beaton because Rangers are cheap in the side of the park is not fit for purpose <laughs> with a hamstring injury. Again, you're thinking, well, we're throwing on this guy, we're putting a guy who's half in, well, injured yeah. into centre-half. But again, Bauer just came on, composed as you like, yeah. done well. And what a throw in that boy's got. <laughs> <Yeah, no. laughs> I'm looking was... forward to that, by the way. I'm looking forward get to the, that. Get the ball boys with the towels at the yeah, side of the pass. A serious weapon. That I, I joked uh, yesterday that I'm looking forward to the first inevitable goal coming that Bauer throws it for the halfway line and Julian just nods it okay. in with it jumping. Just a straight throw in. People might sneer at that. People laughed at the Rory Delap thing, but the reality of that was 10 years ago, nobody could deal with it. Yeah, like, nobody, nobody knew what to do. do. No, at all. Looking forward to it. Just on Bauer, he was the recipient of Jordan Jones' only contribution to the game. <laughs> yeah. um, Jordan Jones, a man who takes his Rangers supporting almost as seriously as he takes his uh, eyebrows. <laughs> um, a man keeping wet look gel manufacturers in business. Thought, thought. what I'm going to do here is, whilst we're getting beat, my contribution to the game is I'm going to slide right through this guy and show him who's boss. Uh, and then the referee sent Jordan Jones for a bath. Ooh, I know. <laughs> you're um, Irony of ironies, there's rumours circling. I got a text earlier on from a Ranger supporting friend who sometimes gets wee bits and bobs out of the Ibrox camp. Apparently he's done his ACL. Oh yeah, uh, he's, he's already out of the... Well, he left Northern on crutches, Islands, yeah. yeah, yeah. So apparently that's, that's a bad injury for poor Jordan. <laughs> Melly, you said it. All of Celtic's substitutes, they contributed to the game. And one man contributed more than any other substitute. Arise, Johnny Hayes. The Hayes maker. Yeah, it's, uh, never doubted him. It was never in doubt. I've always been a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It was a bit of a strange one because Lewis Morgan came on during the week, got the goal. Yeah. And he's been Neil Lennon's go-to man when it's been to change something wide. But maybe it was Johnny Hayes. Possibly get a bit more pace than Lewis Morgan, yeah. so he'd just be more direct. And maybe it was just to give Bowling Goalie that extra protection when Mikey Johnson was cramping up. It's It was another good substitution. It's not an, a very unlikely hero, but he did his job when he came on. If it had to finish 1-0, you could have no complaints. But the the goal is an absolute peach. Big Jones just yeah. wins the header. And then from then, it is sumptuous one-touch stuff. A lot like... Edwards goal in the three two game. See the one touch stuff yeah. between uh, McGregor and Cham uh Dembele, remember that through ball yeah. for Edward. It was very like that, and the ball through from in Cham to Johnny Hayes is absolutely perfect. Johnny Hayes with a couple of shocking touches and <laughs> no the best finish, but he just picks up the rebound and just coolly taking a wee leaf a wee page out of Odson Edwards' book, slots it right in the back of the net over to the fans. Delirium once again. Well, I, Julian's... Uh, we're going to talk a, a lot about Julian in this. We already have, and we'll probably add another wee bit if we're, if we're granting him man of the match. But yep. Julian was key in this because yet another towering header. I think the, the stats showed that he won four million headers in that game. I've Aye. checked it. I've, I've verified it. It's four million headers he won in that game. And this was no different. So it went Julian, Cham, Hayes, Edward, Cham, Hayes, goal. Every touch was perfect in the entire build-up. 
until I got to Johnny Hayes in the, in the box. But look, it was his last touch that mattered. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. He made a mess of the touch. He made a mess of the second touch. He made a mess of the finish. But credit to him, he stuck at it. And I said on the match campaign, it would have been the easiest thing in the world to not give up, but to snatch at that. It was his weaker foot mm. he followed in. It would have been the easiest thing in the world to just smash that off a defender or somehow find Alan McGregor, who was still reeling from the first shot. It would have been the easiest thing in the world to do that. But he slid it in between two on yep, Russian defenders. Composed. Yep, composed, composed as you like, and got that dream goal. It's been a long time coming for him. I think he, I don't think he scored in a December bit. December 2017. Is that right? I think no, he scored against Aberdeen. That's yeah. right. It's a... Uh, a good, great moment for the guy. He's, I don't think he's the best player at all. I don't think we'll see much. You'll see much game time, but it doesn't really matter. What he does now because he's scored in a winning game at Ibrox. Yeah, and he's he's got that. He'll always be remembered for that now. So fair play to the guy. Delighted. So where does that win? I mean, it's very, very early, and you know, there's there's a lot of football to be played. You know, we oh, could yeah. be looking back at this game. You know, in February, going off, oh, it seems like a distant memory now. A lot of football to be played, but there's no denying that it does set down a marker. Oh yes, readjust everyone's expectations. Especially that guy for the Daily Record. Special. Two two out of ten Daily Record journalists predicted that Celtic would win that game. <laughs> unbelievable. And one guy predicted four 0 These guys save watch, every season. Oh, uh, unbelievable. I could probably name them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> is there not a famous incident? This is years ago now, where. If I think someone had compiled it, if you took all of Hugh Keevans' predictions for Celtic season, this is like more than 10 years ago now. Oh, they, they would have finished 8th or something? They'd relegated them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> basically picked them to draw or lose every single week. But I think this... it was in the depths of his memory. He was, he was right against like uh, Jan Venegar of Hesling. Like he said, he wasn't good enough. And he yeah. finally got that 20th goal. I think it was right in the mire of that period. I think another thing it should do to people like Hugh Keevans and almost everyone as well, readjust their opinions a wee bit on this Neil Lennon Celtic team because mm. as far as I'm concerned see if you're going to come to me and tell me ah this is these negative rumours and this and that I, I'm not buying it anymore I'm not buying it, the Celtic negativity I, I like I say I let, I'm not going to repeat myself but I was a big Neil Lennon fan I was a wee bit disappointed he got the job. People were much more disappointed than me. There's people thought it was a disgrace. And you can be both of those things. You can yeah. be a Neil Lennon fan and and still be Slightly disheartened about him getting the Aye. job after Brendan Rodgers. That's perfectly. Yes, yeah. that's a that's a valid point of view. But I'm 100 percent behind the guy now, and I think everyone else re- yeah. really should be. Yeah, 100. percent We have to be now. Got to the point where he is the manager. He's done absolutely everything apart from qualify for the Champions League, and there's no manager that comes in and qualifies straight for the Champions League. Brendan Rodgers is the only guy that's done it. Now, this is Neil Lennon's second stint, but. The rebuild job we had was absolutely yeah. massive and he wasn't exactly given all the tools. Yes, he made mistakes in the close game, but since and that... It's, sorry to interrupt you, it's not to excuse the close game either no, because no. that is, it's still a, still a very poor performance and a very poor result. But the thing is with that, as we pulled all out about the close game, it's not an irregular occurrence. Yeah. The, the, the mishaps, the failures to qualify, it is something that Celtic do. It's not exclusive to Neil Lennon. No. Um, so I don't want to excuse the game, but at the same time, it's not. that's not a or Neil Lennon's a dinosaur thing that we failed to qualify for that game. Yeah, it happens. For that round, rather. Happens all too regularly, unfortunately. But since then, he's got back on track with all the wins, uh, wins against AIK, which will come on to it. And... We're looking as if we're bringing in players. We're starting to address... looks like we've addressed all the positions we really need to yeah. and mm-hmm. a couple of wee bonus ones. Maybe one extra, but we don't know what will happen. But 
our defence patchwork yesterday, but we've still got a full back four to come in. We've got El Yunusi still to play. It's looking a lot better, and that result as well just shifts the power. Yeah. Well, it doesn't shift it because it was always with us, but yeah. it just shifts everyone's mentality. Think maybe Celtic aren't as bad as we thought. And oh, wait a minute, they've got a few good players to come in because I'm going to have to change it. We said we could change our wee predictions here, but El Yunusi is going to be my baller for the season. <laughs> oh, can oh, so we'll get, we'll get I we'll, love nothing more than a winger cutting inside on his stronger <laughs> foot, and that is what this man we does. Will get to, we'll get to the transfers because cause that was an emphatic victory. No, it wasn't an emphatic victory, but it was a big win. Oh, it was emphatic. Uh, it was, it was have a, any chances. Come it was on. emphatic ish, right? I but think you can get a uh, pretty convincing two victories yeah. in fact we've had pretty convincing Some emphatic 1-0 victories yeah. over Rangers before I think I, I do agree I think it was it was pretty emphatic and I think it was a an important win a big win and a, the first psychological blow yeah. of the season so Knows important place on scum yes <laughs> yeah, they should have wheeled that one out that's one of my favourites but listen <laughs> it's not the only emphatic one we're going to be talking about on this podcast because you know we had to go we had to go into Sweden we had to play AIK and we battered them. It's been Steven. a scoosh of a week, lads. Oh, it really absolute, has. Absolutely breezed it. I, I, I'm, I was really pleasantly surprised with that game. Absolutely pissed it, to be honest. It was another <laughs> game that we got together to do our Patreon match companion for. And I don't think I, it wasn't the same as the Rangers game. We weren't particularly nervous. We just went in with the, that old Celtic away in Europe yep. feeling about it. Just don't do anything silly. Don't concede this. Don't do that. Don't, you know, don't collapse. If you can see the goal, just reset. Just, Yep. Get back to the game plan, don't concede another one. All these important things. But in fairness, they went out and absolutely smashed the IK. I don't think they were ever in any danger. There was that wee moment after they conceded the penalty, but mm. after, and they just went straight up the pitch and scored again and then just battered them. I, I really I was really impressed with that because AIK, well not a great team, is one of those it's the it's the playoff. It's an important yeah. game. Anything can happen, and any team can get up for it. As we've as we've discussed in the past, with losing to inferior teams. But I was I was actually very impressed with it. I have, have to say, yeah, it was a great great win. It's not often you will. Doesn't matter who the team is scoring four goals away and home from you. Yeah. Is a very good result. And apart from that one chance in the first two minutes, that's right. Yeah, of where course. they hit the post. <laughs> that. That's bog standard, isn't it? We just settled into the game and. We spoke about it when Neil Lennon came in. Maybe we'll be a bit more pragmatic than Brendan Rodgers. So we just soaked up the pressure. And once we get that first goal, it is pretty much tie over, isn't it? It means yeah, they, yeah. they need four goals. And although you wouldn't put that pass out <laughs> away from home in Europe, yeah. it just didn't ever seem... Well, it could they could have scored four, but there was no chance we weren't scoring again because we were devastating on the counter-attack. And again... Didn't have the best game on Sunday, but on Thursday night, James Forrest was absolutely brilliant. brilliant that yeah. goal was an absolute peach. Some of the forward play between Christie, Johnson, Forrest and Edward was absolutely sensational. And just that little touch he does to go past the defender and then slot it home with the left foot, it was an absolutely brilliant goal on the counter. AIK managed to get one back through yet another penalty. We need to start giving away penalties, don't we? That's yes, a couple. Yes, was that, that three? Ideal if we would stop uh, doing that. Yep. Yeah, three, I think. Um, two in Europe so far. Um, Bruni was not at fault this time, though. No, yeah, silly, no. silly one. Silly from Bolongoli just caught out. Just caught out as if the guy just transported himself there. He was <laughs> always there. It's not even a great ball, and it's just a clip ball into the box from a free kick. And he just, he, he, well, the guy gets away from, gets wrong side, and 
he takes him down. Clever from Larson. Larson's been there and done that. Um, he's getting on a wee bit now, but you don't want to be giving him set pieces. However, he does have the... He's got the know-how and he, he forced Bolly into making some sort of decision there. Even if he hadn't heavily fooled him, I, I still think it was a foul. Bollingoli's position was such that it was going to look like a penalty and he, he'd bought himself that Larson, which is which was fair enough, really. And he stuck it away nicely. The thing with it, I know we're telling it slightly out of order here. It's a bit like Pulp Fiction. It's not told, it's not told <laughs> chronologically. We've talked about the Rangers game first before this. But some of the circumstances from this game directly fed into the hype and the, the yeah, worry yeah. and stuff like that around around our selection, around our form. And, and so it, it was a great game, but you thought that the concerns going into this game were still that Bowling Goal yeah. looked a bit messy and that Ayer was injured. Ayer was almost certainly injured for the game and Edward looked as if he'd... He'd been unnecessarily mm. injured because there was a lot of a lot of tension after the game about why Neil Lennon let that go on for so long. He played for 75 minutes when he really probably should have been hooked a wee bit earlier. I think Neil Lennon's maybe a wee bit guilty of that this season of not recognising that ties are over yeah. and just making a couple of changes. I think that's one thing that we can now that we've, we've looks like we're delivering the transfer window. We have put Rangers to bed yeah. because one thing that up until the Rangers game, every decision that Neil Lennon took we were guilty of it as well yeah. overanalyzed the yeah. degree oh he should have done this he should have done that I can't believe he said he doesn't do statistics I can't believe this I can't believe that yeah. we are. now Neil Lennon sort of turned around to us and went you know, calm down I, I do know what I'm doing back here I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, might, have a, I might have a fair idea um, one person that doesn't I'm not sure he does know what he's doing especially when it comes to penalties is Craig Gordon he just, <laughs> he just doesn't fancy saving them do I mean, just, just don't fancy it I gave Ben the benefit of the doubt against Cluj by saying that penalties are set up so that they're easier for the attacker it's a punishment for the team who commits the foul after all mm. however gonna save one I think I was, I was looking into this Craig Gordon's record apparently on penalties is 46 taken in against them. So presumably this must mean penalty shouts and all that sort of thing. Right. Because yeah, that's a lot of penalties in Ever? a career. It's a, it's a long career, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose Maybe yeah. 17 years. Uh. And 43 of them have been scored. Well, I'm no stats expert, but I would say that that's a lot. That's a probably. bloody lot. Yeah. yeah. So so you're pretty much guaranteed a goal when you when you score against Craig, when you've got a penalty against <laughs> yeah. Craig Gordon. But that's the thing with the keepers. I didn't think goalkeeper was a necessity to replace, but yeah. we always wanted it yeah. within the, the next year. Craig Gordon, Scott Bain, when you're at the game or you're watching it, you don't think we've got a good chance of saving this. Mm. Whereas Fraser Foster, first game, saved a penalty, albeit Scott Hart scored from the rebound, yeah. but he's got that presence, he's got general, that yeah. aura. You just think, oh, I'm going to need to put this in the corner because look at the size of that guy. <laughs> so he's just got that about him. Minor complaint, actually, just to jump in. Minor, uh, not a complaint at all, just a just an observation. Thought Foster, although he didn't have much to do at all in the Rangers game, looked a wee bit wooden. He looked a wee bit sort of unsure of himself. Yeah, I, th- I think that's all it was. I think he's, I mean, he's barely played. He's played one game since yeah. uh, coming back to Celtic yeah. before that and barely played for Southampton for a long time. There was a couple of moments, one, a shot from Ojo, where I would have expected a, a keeper with that kind of physicality to just catch it. Better safe than sorry, mate. Yeah, well, Take, that's exactly mate. another cross that he, he punched rather than rather than I, caught. But I, I, I don't mind the fight. punches because his punches are like conviction on those punches. Yeah. Like they, it's not like he's just throwing a flappy wrist at it. Do you no, know what no, I mean? No, he's really true. he's really getting a good clearance on it. Um, I feel a lot more comfortable with, yeah. with Fraser Foster and Gold to be tell, telling the truth. Melly though, back to AIK. 
Another thing that we say in this podcast, Prince, that you say the most dangerous time to concede a goal is right after you've scored a goal, and that's exactly what Celtic done. Yep, bang right up that pit. We've done that before this season, haven't we? It's just mm. great play from Mikey Johnson going down that, getting it out wide early. It's been several times this season yeah. we've fought back uh, on at least two occasions. I remember talking about it on a previous podcast. It's hard to keep up with them now, but it's it been well, yeah within ten minutes we basically got got a lead back. Johnson just. Great going down that wing, beats two of them, and then oh, when we were talking about Fraser Foster making a difference, AIK's keeper didn't <laughs> look up too much. That was a shocker, man. It was a shanner. Uh, brilliant, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely brilliant from Mikey Johnson, though. He had those, as Jamie's fond of saying, had those defenders turning like cinema hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was really just a, a speculative ball across into the into the mixer, really, and the keepers just flapped it made, into the goal. Yeah, the right faff of it. He did make a faff of it, yeah. Not for the first time. He, he wasn't a very convincing keeper. No, no. AIK no. weren't particularly good. It was good to put them to bed with this, yeah. the, the style that we did. Big Jules popped up with his first Celtic goal. He was 41 at Ibrox at the weekend. Really? Uh, yeah, I put, guess how much I put on it? Two quid. Oh. Like a bit, a bit of a Floyd Mayweather. That's one, of, <laughs> that's one of those ones that they'll get in there while it is still 41 because that will get shortened to uh, about 12 like, to 1 eventually. How many games are there? 38 games yeah. in the season. So... You know, yeah. you've got a good chance of getting yeah. at least your money back. Yeah, yeah, I reckon he's going to be a huge threat going forward. He was actually unlucky not to score against Rangers. In fact, do you know what? I'm going back to talk about Julian because right. I don't feel like <laughs> we've, moved, covered him enough, we've, moved, we've moved on from the game, but I don't feel like we talked about him enough. I thought he was tremendous against oh. uh, Rangers. And AIK as well. Yeah, AIK. Stroked it. And I enjoyed every single aspect of his performance, not just the headers, not just the passes. Not There was one moment actually from Rangers where it was a clearance he cut out a, like a, a through ball with an interception but turned the clearance into a perfect ball out to like Christie or McGregor I can't remember which one it was but I thought he was excellent I enjoyed every part of it the, the tap in the chest the big smiles the the wanting to chase after Morelos after a wee bit of naughtiness from him getting in the right referee's in the face yeah um, I think did you see the video that since Amir's where Morelos came on and stood in his yeah. toe yeah that's, I yeah. think that's what set him off yeah. I think. Yeah, I'm just going to say one thing yeah Virgil van who? <laughs> you heard it here first, yeah. Is is it for us to say that he is better than Van Dijk already? No, it's not, but <laughs> but we're just throwing it out there. Uh, no, but I, just to summarise, um, I thought he was excellent, and I'm I'm just I'm looking forward to seeing the guy play next. To be honest, I, I was thoroughly entertained by his performance. That's what seven million pounds buys you. We were yeah, wondering if yep, you're we Celtic, wondered. what does seven million pounds buy you? If you're Rangers, do you know what seven million pounds buys you? A guy who wasn't as good as Mikey Johnson last season <laughs> and Ryan Kent. Yeah. That's a panic buy. Hey, only God can judge him. <laughs> that's can. right. Sorry, you that's can't. Only, only God can judge him. But back to Julian in this game. Oh. He, yeah, he, he just sort of slid it home. But it was a, a nicely worked corner, in fairness. Quite poor defending, it has to be said. But Celtic can only, if you know, the old cliche can only beat yep. what's in front of you. And it was a nicely worked corner for a change. It wasn't just flinging it into the box, only to be cleared. It wasn't. It wasn't a short one that eventually gets closed down. They worked a nice move and eventually got it in. Two unlikely scorers, Julian and Scott Brown, are fighting over it, basically unmarked in the box. So another one as well, we've look, we've had a score already this season, Julian's score from centre-half. We've got the front four, including Christine, that banging them in. Bio comes in, doesn't get credited with the two goals, but yeah. he scored. McGregor's chipped in. We're getting goals from all over the place. This Lenny ball, we've got... Bauer now coming in, bowling goalie down the wide areas. Hopefully now, I think we said that a couple of weeks ago, bowling goalie could do an away match. That's two away matches. They did yeah. make the mistake against AIK, but 
that and Ibrox after that, he's been perfectly fine and hopefully now he can settle into it. International break, come back, confidence is sky high. The whole team, maybe we can maybe get a couple of players back, but we look so assured in that AIK game. That was the main thing. What we wanted was to get through and have an assured performance. We get a lot better than that. It was a great yeah. performance, devastating on the break. Took them to town, four goals away from home against the Swedish champions. I mean, yeah. that, that yeah. is good going. And we go into this group now, we'll not miss out on it, okay? Lewis Morgan did score. It's been <laughs> yeah. a it's been a wee a week header. a wee week of unlikely goals, but again, James Forrest, absolutely brilliant play. I thought he'd maybe taken a bit too wide, could have got the shot away early, but he just clips that ball back to the back post. And Scott Sinclair's always there, or was always there. That is where you want your other wide player to be, your other forward to be when the, the, the guy, fond of it as well, yeah, that the guy on the other side is crossing it in. So he's get got himself into a dangerous position, gets his first goal for the club. Hopefully that gets him a wee bit as well. Him and Hayes now also another two goal scorers this season. Melly, you mentioned it. We are in the Europa League draw, or Stephen, as it says in the agenda here, and I've been trying to look at the agenda, it's obvious you two haven't, the L draw. <laughs> L draw, yes. I think it was an attempt at Europa League draw, but it just came out as L draw. So uh, I was watching L draw live, and <laughs> the guy... The guy that was calling the draw, the guy that was pulling the balls out, and the and the guy that was hosting it. I don't know I why see. they. I don't know why they turn it into a, a chat show. Oh, no, they mean. more or less turn it into a chat show. Um, That's on for about four hours or something. Know, as well, right? Just get the balls out, man. <laughs> just get the balls out. <laughs> what about the draw? Paulo Ferreira was looking magnificent. It, it was. That, that's what happens, Stephen. See when you're foreign and you eat like lots of oily fish and yeah, vegetables, yeah. and it's really good. And also, obviously, having lots and lots of money in the bank <laughs> yeah, is it's, it's, it's easy. It's so easy to look motivational good. things on Instagram, and I'll tell you, all you need are two things: the Mediterranean lifestyle and millions and millions of pounds. That's <laughs> yeah. all you need for a healthy lifestyle. So they were drawing the balls. Obviously, Paulo Ferreira. We've got previous with him in what was yes. Europa League. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, one of yeah, the, they put it up, didn't they? they yeah, put they, it up. one of they the had popular to put cheats. Up. I know. As far as I know, we haven't come up against Ashley Cole in European no. competition. Um, the host called our group a spicy draw. Mm. Oh, yeah, uh, spicy and, it, and it was a spicy draw. We have got Lazio. Yes, mm. that's right. the one I wanted. Roma Lazio. Yeah, you did. You said that. That came out of that came out of the first pot. Uh, we've got Stad Rene also who came out of pot three, who have played this season already. A thriller. Uh, yeah, that was a nil-nil thriller, a pre-season friendly. Although they've done particularly well last season. Yeah, uh, PSG in the cup final, right. so that's why they're in it. And we have, of course, the way these things are, where we were always going to get an old foe. One of the greatest hits. Yeah, <laughs> There was a lot of greatest hits we could have got there, oh, because yes. th- did you see who was in pot three? Yeah. It was like a now that's what I call music of, of previous Celtics as we had yeah. uh, no, that's what I call pumpings. That's why well we could have had Carabag, which we've had before, Malmo, Oof. Standard Liege, oh. Rain and Rosenberg. Yeah, you could throw a dart and it'll land. Like, like throw a hula hoop and it'll land around someone who's put this out of the, some European competition. how do you how do you feel about this group, Stephen? Uh it's doable, I think. Mm. Um Lazio are the big team in it, I suppose, yeah. but to be honest, did they not only qualify for Europe because AC Milan were banned? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's so. the only reason they're, they're in Europe. So they're not as good as their their name or sort of prestige suggests. Yeah. Uh, they've got good players right enough. Oh, Savage Sergei Milinkovic Savage was, was looking like you know the next £100 million player at one point a couple of seasons ago. Probably still will be at some point. They've got, they've got very good players. Vile fans, right enough, oh, not looking forward yeah. to that. Um, the, the, that great bunch of lads who <laughs> once... Uh, Pretty right wing, but um, oh, they yeah, also yeah. complained about women in the um, ultra Ooh, section oh, as well. Did the Canio Derby, we yes, can look forward yeah. to that one. 
Who's the manager? Uh, Sven Gorenson, <laughs> I think, is uh, <laughs> so he's still there. <laughs> ah, he's a bit of a footballing nomad, isn't he? You yeah. never know where he's going to crop up. Loves a pound nomad. Oh, he does. Yeah. Absolutely loves money. <laughs> absolutely he loves it. women as well. So like, he doesn't does, have a problem with that, is, that, is, that is one of life's great mysteries, but we won't delve and any further into that. let's not touch that subject yeah. at all. Anyway, <laughs> on to Wren. Uh, on to Wren. Now, I, I, I don't want to do... I don't want to do what we always seem to do and underestimate European opponents here. No. I think that Wren could be a tough... Yeah. I think it's going to be tough to get through this group, but like you, Stephen, I think it's doable. We'll Under Neil these... Lennon, anything is exactly. possible. <laughs> we'll cover these games properly as in when yeah. they come. There's no point in getting too in-depth into it just now. But We will be doing a match companion yeah. for each away game and a melee at the match for every home yeah. game on the Patreon. Indeed. So my initial thoughts are that it's it's a good group. It's, yeah. it's different teams apart from Clues, of course, but it's it's teams that we haven't necessarily played apart from in a friendly would be. Yeah. And it's not it's not the usual suspects. It's Aye. not Benfica. It's not Man United. It's not Barcelona. It's, it's something a, a wee bit different. For really good. Really yeah. good to get Lazio in there for me, I think. That's yeah. my favourite. I wanted to go to Rome, so that was a good one. Ren, it's a decent one that will be tough, but it's not one of those teams like, who's that? Yeah. That, mm. They've got a bit of prestige about them. And... Out of all the teams, the old foes we could have got, you'd probably, if you you, you had to get one, it was yeah. enough impossible. You'd want Cluj because yeah. you want that revenge, baby. You want to put them in their place. And look, they ended up in the same the same tournament as is because they're not very good. Let's go out and show them. We got a good result away from home. Let's beef them at Parkhead. The now. battle of the losers. Let's, <laughs> let's the losers claim that club. back. Lenny's losers club. <laughs> now, as we record this, the transfer window is Edging, edging closer. It's creaking. I feel, uh, I feel like, um, a bit like, you know, Indiana Jones, where he's running and the thing's closing, he just grabs his hat just at the last minute. I yeah. think that's what we're trying to do with a couple of signings right, here. Well, we creep me sitting on the TV with yellow tie now, will I? Oh, Jim White? Yes, yes. he most certainly will. I wonder think. how he got on yesterday. Uh, I wonder how he was quite disappointed, but the, I said about that the better. <laughs> um, it looks like in the past week we've, we've been doing some, some really good recruitment. Some business. Yeah, we brought in Moritz Bauer. Um, already seen in action so already far. Already seen in action, yeah. Right back, we signed him on loan from Stoke with an option to buy. Sort of lost his way a wee bit at Stoke. I had a look into his career um, and I was tweeting it out. He basically arrived, I think, three days before Mark Hughes got sacked. Right, okay. And then Very then, unfortunate. Yeah, and then just went through a series of managers. Now, he didn't play a lot of football at Stoke, but he is a very attacking fullback. Um, and one thing you could probably say to that is if a team are struggling, is an attacking fullback something that they necessarily need? Especially Stoke, they're the archetypal long ball team yeah. down in England. When you think of it, it's always a wet windy night at Stoke, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. That big handsome bugger with the long hair, get him <laughs> off the pitch and get somebody that launches it. It's quite reminiscent of the Gamboa situation when he signed. My, oh. first, <laughs> my, first, <laughs> my first thought when Gamboa signed was, if Tony Pulis doesn't play you, you probably can't defend. If you're a defender, can I get a game for that yeah. guy? I bet you can defend, and it's probably the same with Bauer. I don't. I don't know. I, I like what I see so far. I think he looked all right in the Rangers game, and I like. I, I like his attributes. As I say, I'm looking forward to this long yeah. throw stuff. He's an international player, and again, El Hamid, right back. He's a more defensive guy, but if Bauer's a more attacking player, it means we've got options there. Yeah. There's going to be different games where El Hamid will probably play away from home in Europe, where in the home league games we probably put Bauer in on the left hand side. Same again, Bolingo is more of a forward thinker and by the looks of it, it's going to be Greg Taylor in tonight. Yeah. He's a decent defender as well, he's good getting forward so there's plenty of options in the fullback positions and it, it was so obvious we needed it but we've yeah. seen, we went from 
Kieran Tierney and pretty much no one to looking like we've got two decent left-backs now. We went from Mikael Lustig and no one to looking like again we've got two decent full-backs. So things are looking good. All it took was these players coming in. It's just a pity it was so late in the day. He's a recent international as well, but he's not one of these guys who picked up a few caps like seven years ago and no. he's never been called back since. He started in the in the 2018 World Cup qualifying campaign. That was his first call-up. So it's not, as I say, it's not like you're looking into the distant past and he picked up a couple of caps and friendlies. He has, he has a fairly recent call-up for Austria, which is encouraging because Austria are a pretty decent international team. They went into the last Euros as a kind of dark horse favourites, yeah. but it kind of flopped at the time, but they were good in qualifying. He's, he's one of these, he's, he's fit Celtic's mould in a way insofar as good player, big reputation, Lost his way, I mean, lost his way a wee yeah. bit, and we going and we get these guys, and that's that's a good thing to do. One thing I will say is though, and I'm, I'm not going to harp on about it, but once again, it's another player. Neil Lennon says has been on our radar for just about eighteen months, and you're thinking we needed a right back twelve months ago. So if you knew about him, why didn't you buy him? Anyway, that's by we the were, by. We were linked with him at the time last yeah. year. We, we were. But the we, the we only worry being is we chose Jeremy Tolian over him, or maybe he wasn't available. Being honest, Toyama was probably cheaper, wasn't he? Yeah, it's probably cheaper. It, we had a look at, we had another sign and come in. This is the one that sort of got everyone a wee bit excited. Came out out of the absolute blue. This one. This was an absolute testicle tingle. I've been <laughs> <day> for a <laughs> week. Yeah. Hey, Mohammed Elianusi, a guy that we know from playing against us, scored an absolute rasper oh. against us when he was playing for Molda. Yeah, Ooh, look it up. That's a horror show of a game, but it's one of the best away goals I've seen at Celtic yeah. Park. Test it down, and then this curling volley away from the keeper, sumptuous stuff. And then he got he got himself a big move. I believe we were in for him at the time. Yeah, I went to Bal. He went to Bal and then... Basel. Basel. Uh, um, and then he got himself a move into the Premier League for Southampton. Yet more business done at Southampton there. It's another one though. It's the, the same mould as Mulder. As, yep. uh, as Bauer is, he has a guy who had a big reputation and has fallen off a little bit. He's done next to nothing for Southampton. There's no shame in it. It's a big step up from, from Basel to that league. And the he hasn't made it and he's available now so why why shouldn't Celtic be all over this he, they 16 million pound player yeah and I know people are reluctant to go in for loan players and I understand that but times have changed a wee bit now we, we don't get permanent players we get players of a standard for two years now and if, and if part of that's a loan then so be it you can't afford Patrick Roberts you can't afford Jason Denier you can't afford Mohamed Elianusi if you can get him in the squad just do it by whatever means is available to you at the time. And that is a loan with no option to buy, as far as we know. That's, no, that, that isn't there. See if we sign Wanyama. Now, we're not going to, but if we did, you might as well have just given us a treble today. Aye, just, just hand it right over. Um, four hours left of the window. We are still linked with Greg Taylor, who's been, as we record this, has been pictured at Celtic Park. So, now... Looks about just over the line, but looks at the same stage as David yes, Turnbull. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there is always the Turnbull clause. Uh, just because he's been pictured in a Celtic shirt doesn't mean he's going yeah, to sign. That famous picture of David Turnbull. Yeah. Oh, absolutely brilliant. Now, uh, Greg Taylor's one whose his stats are, 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 you know, we looked them up. They're pretty good, you know, in comparison to Kieran Tierney. He's a he's more defensive, more complete left back than maybe Bolingoli is. Um, and, and again, you want two players for a You do, yeah. yeah so so it, it's key to bring him in. 
Um, that was a no-brainer. I thought he should have, again, we're talking about, yeah, we're talking about timing signal. here. Yeah. We're talking about timing once again, unfortunately. We're talking about missed opportunities and he should have been signed in, in June, yeah, frankly, June. yeah. Uh, another player we've been linked to is Manchester City, under 18. We're trying to get a deal across for him. Um, Jeremy Frimpong, uh, yeah. right back. He's more of a he's more of a project. I think he's more like the Luca Connell type. He's he's more of a he's more of a project, but he's he's rumored to be joining us on a four year deal. So by the time you listen to this tomorrow, he might have already joined. Well, it's a good deal for him if that's the case. He's only eighteen, and I, I'd wondered. Well, if he's definitely just not going to get a contract at Man City, which is again they, no shame. Did it's, they not reject a contract? Did they? Well, I, I wondered what would be the point in le- leaving. Man City as a development player to go to Celtic as a development player unless there's just more of a an avenue into some sort yeah. of decent football for him. But I can, I can give you this off the Manchester City's official website. Bio, not not vacuum <laughs> <Back in> bio. <laughs> Agile attacking fullback Jeremy forced his way into the under eighteen squad last season whilst just sixteen years old and went on to become a mainstay of the side. A truly modern fullback who can play on both sides of the pitch, Jeremy is comfortable in attack and defence and is always willing to overlap his winger and provide an attacking outlet. Oh, there we go. So sounds I'm, good to me. Sounds good to me. Always nice to have a Jeremy at right back. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're, uh, we're also looking at, we've been looking at Lee O'Connor of Manchester United who is an Irish under-21 centre-half. Okay. Um, that's a position where I think, if I'm going to be picky, right, because we've done a lot of business in this window, but if we're going to be picky, I think we could use another centre-half um, uh, you don't think so? Well, just with Beaton starting to come into a game, I don't think his injury's too bad. Beaton, Julian, and Julian, Julian, and Ayer, and Ayer. Well, I suppose El Hamid, well, Hamid can go in there. You've got Boyer at right back. There's a lot of options back there. If I'm, I'm going to keep Lee this Boyer, up, Melly, yeah, it's Bibber. I'm going to keep that <laughs> up all season. I'm going to keep it up. Don't worry. Um, I'll get there. You'll get there. Um, and then also another position I'd like to see is Phil. Was you know when Yama's not happening, we can forget about that. Watch him turn up after this has been recorded. <laughs> um, but I would, I would really like a midfielder. I would like yes. someone in there, you know. Stephen said it after the tumble, we move on. Mm. <laughs> didn't really uh, yeah, do that we a few weeks ago. You, you get the feeling like uh, Scott Brown was instrumental, they went to Ibrox. He's, but as we keep saying, he's not going to go on forever. No. There's a lot of football to be season. There's a lot of football to be played. Gordon Strachan came in, took Neil Lennon aside and says, Look, you've done really well for us. We're going to phase you out a wee bit. You get phased out here, you can go somewhere else and play some football. And Neil Lennon decided to move to Nottingham Forest. You feel like Neil Lennon's going to have the same conversation with Scott Brown, don't you? But we can't have that conversation without something to bring in. And I would be... We'll do a transfer window roundup. So that's going to be on the Patreon. We're going to look at every player in detail. We're going to use Scout and tell you what you're getting and, and how we felt the transfer window goes. But for me, I think... I just would have liked a central midfielder because I think Brown and McGregor, if one of them are injured and one of them drops out, who who comes in? I said that on a recent podcast. I feel like everyone has been talking about all these positions we need to replace, all these guys that have left. We've not replaced them. The Scott Brown thing hasn't even been looked at. We've no. all been talking about Kawasi for the last two years as if he's in any way realistically going to replace Scott Brown. He, he's barely played. That's never going to happen. I'm forgetting about that one right now. He's going to be the next Scott Brown. That was utter pish from Brendan Rodgers, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. So I feel like the Which thing... Which is unlike Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I feel like the thing hasn't even been thought about replacing Scott Brown realistically. Uh, and well, do, do, do you blame him? Are you surprised in any way? No, no, we couldn't not. even <laughs> think to replace guys we knew were leaving last no. year. This guy's not even thinking about retirement. So. Just turn around and all of a sudden are surprised that he's turned 34. Like, <laughs> what? You should have said... <laughs> It is something that will need to be addressed. Again, I think 
if we get to January and Turnbull's back playing, he might we might go back in for him. But if we we can't sell on Cham because we can't afford to just go in with a midfield of Brown, Christie, McGregor, Rogic and Cham. That's not enough. Yeah. We need more. I know B Tonkin fill in there, but we're talking about him filling in in defence. Kouassi doesn't look like he's going to make it. We've got guys, we've put out three players on loan today. Jack Hitchison went to Forest Green. Ewan Henderson went to Ross County. And my boy Tony Ralston went to St. Johnson. Yeah. So at least that's first team football for all them. Scuppering my chances of getting a prediction right. I think I nailed uh, we Ewan for Young Player of the Year. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. no chance. We're allowed that. to change them when the window okay. shuts. Okay. Right? Okay. Uh, can still uh, win it. I just don't want to play for Livingston. Suppose. <laughs> I'd like to put a wee name out there. Okay. Some of you might have forgotten about him. Daniel Azani. What's happened? Yes, to him? I have forgotten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you Do you know what? Correct. Everyone else, everyone else has forgotten about Tom Rogic as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, Maybe a smashing window to come in with Rogic and Cham still there hmm. to go along with the midfield that are playing well just now, and it's decent oh. options. You just in an ideal world you'd want one more but I mean there's not much there's not much time left in the window. You'd like to think that Cham's not going anywhere. So if we keep him, that, that's a bonus. But I, I'm surprised we've kept him after he basically came out at the beginning of the window and said, I want to leave. Yeah, look, things change. Things move quickly in football. We just need to forget about that for now. I, yeah. I, I would really hate to see him go at this late stage. Obviously, we're recording this and it's the window is about slamming, four hours to go or something. Sort of slamming shut behind us. So by the time this comes out, things may have developed. I would be very disappointed to leave, to lose and Cham. So yeah, so we will have the transfer window roundup. We'll do that on Patreon. We, um, we're at a bit of a di- disadvantage in all honesty closing it today, but we'll record and release that this week. For yeah. We'll do the complete overview of how everything went on the transfer window. And that's that. A bumper episode. We move into any other business now. Let me just reach behind me here, right, and bring out a birthday cake. Oh. <laughs> and it's got four <laughs> candles on it because this is... This week? Today or is it this week? Uh, there or thereabouts, there yeah. You, you may, listener, you may be listening to it on the exact day. Yeah, this is our fourth birthday. It is, yeah. Now, if you have been listening to this podcast... Welcome to the party, boys. <laughs> if you've been listening to this podcast since day one, first of all, we'd like to apologise to you for the quality of the <laughs> podcast and yeah. thank all 57 of you that's... Well, I like this. Well, there's a good story to tell about the first edition of this podcast. Of course, yeah. Um, you may have heard this already, but it's worth telling again. Yeah, on our uh, our host site, uh, you can do all manner of things with stats. You can look at the numbers, who was downloading they here, there. Yeah. You can even see which country it was downloaded, right down to the city in which it was downloaded. It's quite interesting. Shout out to Burkina Faso, whoever's <laughs> downloading it there, and Chad and all that. But um, <laughs> there was one point where I, I set it to downloads by day and you can go back and see the very first day we released a podcast on two downloads <laughs> which yes if you're good at maths means at least one person in this room didn't bother downloading their very first podcast and to this day we still don't know who because nobody's nobody's prepared to admit it but no. look it is it is it is something to be celebrated but it's not really for us to celebrate it's a no. bit navel gazing but it is an opportunity for us to say thanks very much to Indeed, everyone yes. who, who listens to this podcast you it feels know, like 40 years at times but it yeah. does it does we uh, we don't really talk numbers in the podcast because really Numbers don't matter. We no. just sit and record the podcast we want to record, and if people enjoy it, then that's great. But the, the fact that people enjoy it and the numbers that they have, especially over the last couple of years, is, 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 is very rewarding and it's quite humbling. And we just want to say thanks to everyone who downloads the podcast. But that, that's enough of that. Yeah, yeah. That's enough of that soppy stuff. Um, Feeling a bit insecure and a bit vulnerable now, guys. Let's, let's stop all this Meet soppy stuff. Up. We better just punch each other or start a fight. <laughs> so, what about that football ads, eh? I know. <laughs> so, eh. Uh, Patreon, which we started about a year ago, 
Yeah, a year and a half, maybe. A year, year and a half ago. That runs, you'll know about it. Patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims, where you get extra podcasts in exchange for... 125 of them now, by the way. If you're thinking, you know what, I hear about this Patreon stuff quite a lot. I've missed the boat on it. There's a lot of water passed under the bridge. I've kind of missed the party. No, no. You get all 125 of those episodes just for walking in the door. Yeah, and we signed we signed up the we got our thousandth patron last week as well, which is absolutely tremendous. Um, and on the Patreon, and last week um, we had well, we we introduced a brand new podcast. It was called the Tactics Board, and what we've done was, you know, the, the tactics and analysis are everywhere now, and, and people yeah. like talking about the tactical element of the game, and I, I like hearing about it. But it helps me understand the game a bit more and what's going on. Now, Melly's done his coaching badges and he provides that on the podcast. But what we wanted to do was take it a bit further, yeah. but not make it boring. So we reached out to a guy called Blair Newman, who has written for The Times and The Guardian and Tifo and, Tifo, and, yeah. and all, all that sort of stuff. And, and we've done a podcast where we looked at the differences and tactics between Neil Lennon and Brendan Rogers, And we also done opposition analysis on Rangers and how we thought, you know, they would line up and we would line up. And we kept it accessible, but it was interesting. That's what I aimed for yeah. anyway. And, and, I, and I hosted that one because I really don't know that much about tactics, so I, <laughs> yeah. I thought I, I would learn something as well. well that's what it's all that. about. You're, you're representing the, the listener, the, the proper fit, my man, the, the dinosaur. <laughs> yes, the di- dinosauric, that's yeah. me. And what else did we have on Patreon last week? We had Ranking Out the Reserves, which yes. is another fairly new, I think we're only three episodes into that, in which Tom... Partly because the reserves don't have a proper fixture it's list. It's all over the place, yeah. So Tom, from the Having a Rank podcast, travels to reserve games and reports on them exactly in the style you would find on Melly at the matches so always an entertaining ride yes <laughs> and finally we had Keep the Heat um, and they had an interview did a bit of a chat with the guys from Men Matter Scotland which yep. is a great initiative out in Drumchapel and they sat down and spoke to them about their work and I just want to say after all of that this bumper episode yeah thank you for listening the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.